Welcome to another hellish episode of No Player Connected. Although today's is hellish for other reasons, we're talking about Doom Eternal with our good pal Trash Mac. Mac, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you surviving? I mean, we're just talking about the 24-hour stream that I got done with yesterday, but I think I've I've napped and hydrated my way back to being a full human being as much as I can be. Fair enough, fair enough. Speaking of things that are vaguely human but perhaps not quite, our, <laughs> our subject, Doom Eternal today. Yes. I don't know what transition that was. <laughs> How did we even decide on this game? That's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I think you were discussing games? That doesn't sound like me. About what like. you were going to... Like, what was else was on the docket for the future of, you know, what games you were going to talk about? And uh, you brought up... Did you bring up Doom? I don't know! <laughs> we got inceptioned into our heads! We, we did. didn't have, This isn't our idea! Oh, no! I had a list of games where I was like, oh, Doom and Doom Eternal. Like, I played those recently. And then you were like, Doom? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, sick. I've got my, my Doom expert. And then initially... Were you prepared to just talk about the entire Doom franchise? Absolutely. <laughs> which which scared me. I was like, I've only played the two. This is a scaled down production from what it may have originally been. Yes. But that means that in the future, dear listeners, you can expect more Doom episodes about various Dooms. I feel like we're going to say the word doom a lot. Yes, we are. Yes, no, you, you can all be prepared for your uh, for, for, for Professor Trash Mac to teach you all about doom and the history of doom and why it is so important to the gaming industry and shooters and just a lot of things in general. But today is just, you know, Doom Eternal 101 introduction to do. Splendid, because that's where I'm at. I've... I've beaten Doom Eternal a couple times now. I played it fresh for this episode, so some of that stuff is still in my brain. But for the folks who have not gone through Doom Eternal recently or have never played it at all, can you give uh, the briefest of brief summaries of Doom Eternal, what it is, what someone can expect jumping into it? Okay, so... Doom Eternal is the uh, latest release in the Doom franchise, the seventh game, I believe, in the main series. It came out on March 20th, 2020, uh, same day as Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember all the memes surrounding that oh, one. Oh, I do. They I were do. the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was developed by ID Software and published by Bethesda, so unfortunately that does mean that Doom and Doom Eternal are are prone to the, you know, Bethesda touch of... It just works. Exactly. <laughs> so, Doom Eternal is set in 2163. It takes place 14 years after the events of Doom 2016. Earth has been overrun by demons. They've wiped out about 60% of the population. What remains of humanity has just fucked off, or they've joined the Ark, which is the Armored Response Coalition. The resistance and uh, your job as doom slayer it's not necessarily your job it's more like your life's work to rip and tear okay. uh your calling is to just save her from this demonic invasion rip and tear yeah 
that. It's one of the most ass-kickingest games I've ever I've ever played. Did you? And just to establish this, it's a first-person. Did you say first-person shooter? I did not, but I should. It's a. It is a first-person shooter. It's. I would classify it under what the kids nowadays are calling a boomer shooter, but at you know generally just a first-person shooter. What is a boomer shooter? Because I heard you say that once, and I was like, is that a, like, is that a insult to a game? And since I've heard the term, I've, like, looked into it more, and I'm like, these games all look awesome. Yes. <laughs> like, when people say something's a boomer shooter, I'm like, holy shit, these just are all about kicking ass and zipping around. But yes. w- what would you call that subgenre of... FPS, or how would you describe it? So, the internet, a quick googly says that a boomer shooter is a first-person shooter designed to look and play like 1990s era examples of this genre, such as Doom, Quake, Duke Nukem 3D, those sorts of games. I would disagree with that up to a set up to a point. The original term was a Doom-like, and I believe they're called boomer shooters nowadays because anything that is perceived as old is now slapped, you know, boomer on the side of it. Yeah. I kind of love it, though, because boomer shooters in themselves are just, to me, a boomer shooter isn't about the the looks, I suppose. A lot of, like you said, right. they, that you look at them and they all look very similar. They have that Duke Nukem 3D style of of artwork and and graphics and how you move through the levels. I don't think that that is key, how it looks. I think it's the heart and soul of the game as to how it feels playing with it. Is the movement fluid? Are there enough weapons to sink a tank? Are <laughs> there like just fast-paced violence? And but it, it has to also have that slight like I don't want to say comedy, but there's if you've ever played any of the like that original like um, Doom or Quake or Duke Nukem or Serious Sam, there's just a little spark of something that's hard to to tie down. It's self-aware, would you say? I would say it's a little bit self-aware, yeah. Yeah, because when I'm playing Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, it feels like it's really embracing... It, it's it's not embracing the old aesthetic, because this game has pretty, like, up-to-snuff graphics, but... Oh, it's like, sexy. There's, yeah, there's, like, floating one-up heads. Like, oh, that's an old thing, but... Like, yeah. Like, they're not attempting to explain it, like, lore-wise or anything. It's just, here's a floating thing that makes you stronger. Go pick it up, and you jump off a ramp and grab it. It's not anchored in reality in the slightest. Yeah. And it's not going to try to. It's just going to say, you've picked up this thing, or lighting demons on fire drops armor. Rip and tear. Kill. And you're like... Fuck yeah! I don't, I don't want an explanation for any of this. It just rules. Exactly, and that's why I don't think the look is the important thing because Doom and Doom Eternal are boomer shooters or Doom likes because they're fucking Doom, and I think they do it very well as a reboot to that very fast, very chaotic violence shooter that was those old school shooters, and they pull it off so fucking well and I'm so glad that this resurgence of those types of shooters 
have have come back because they are just so much fun to play you get into the zone so to speak of movement and abilities and you know the music is just putting you in this trance-like state to just methodically move through the levels it's wonderful for me it was kind of like a boiling frog effect when i was replaying it for the podcast because I was like, oh, you know, I'll just play it on normal difficulty. I'm probably not going to get too stressed or too into it. And at first I was like, oh, this is pretty relaxing. Like, you've got fun movement. You rip apart the enemies. But then I started, like, yeah, the music starts going. And you're like, holy shit, I have to kill everything in front of me. Uh, They just keep coming. And you just get so sucked in. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, it's like a hypnotic trance thing. You just... The, the gameplay is so satisfying and just right now talking about how obviously Doom Eternal isn't an example of the graphics taking a back seat because it, it looks good but the other there's other ones like Bolt Gun I think is a really recent yes. example. Yes, uh, Iron Fury is a phenomenal yeah. example Dusk, Blood, I would say to an extent the newer Wolfensteins okay. to an I think for me, the wolf, I would count the Wolfensteins because there is that groove of just you can get into that trance-like state and you can dual-wield sniper rifles. It <laughs> makes no sense. And that is, like, what makes a boomer shooter for me, you know? Doesn't yeah. fucking make sense. It is a little more plot-heavy. That's fine. That's fine. I would say Project Warlock tries, but it doesn't quite hit it for me. I just wanted to make a point, though, that you see a phenomenon with, like, roguelikes and Mm. strategy games where they say, like, all right, this game's really good. It looks like it's from the 90s, but it's really good, and a lot of people will groan and roll their eyes, but I feel like it's it's caught on that, like, graphics aren't everything. The gameplay can just be really good. It's encouraging to see that go to another genre, too, because Mm. I think for a while... People were like, what's the highest fidelity graphics? Like, can I see the arm hair on this Call of Duty McFight Man in the latest yearly installment? And now people are like, I don't care if it looks like it's from the 90s. Can I hold a minigun with one arm while I choke a demon out with my robot fist and crush it to death? Like, that's the... That's really encouraging to see because it, it rules. Yeah, it's that 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 hyper violence. But I do agree that its graphics are great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, gameplay is just as important. It's like the boomer shooters show that who gives a shit about plot? Who gives a shit about what it looks like? I just want to have fun. Yes. I just yeah. want to zone out, fall into a groove, and have fun. And that's why there are obviously, you know, like any game, there's going to be roguelites or boomer shooters or what have you that fall flat on their face because they can't quite grasp them in essence. They just slap it on and hope to jump on the money train as it goes by. But I feel like a lot more people are getting it right than wrong. I think maybe the the limitation or, or lack thereof of limits when it comes to the graphics allows people to just focus on the core gameplay stuff and so you're seeing a lot of people that are very creative that may or may not have 
had access to the resources to make a fucking Call of Duty game. Well, now they can just, you know, here's some cool sprite-based graphics, go nuts with your level design, sound design, how the gameplay handles, and we're, we're seeing all those cool products that you rattled off earlier. <laughs> I also imagine that a lot of these people that are creating these boomer shooters have been playing Doom likes and Doom for a very long time because Doom in itself, the, the original game, is very user-friendly in all of the uh, the modding community is huge. I don't know if you've seen floating around uh, the internet of recent, but a mod for Doom called My House. I've heard of it, and I, I tuned into a stream of it. Uh, Axie, a previous guest on this podcast, I watched him play it for a little bit, but then I heard like, oh, this is a new, this is like the new hot thing. And so I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna close that out so I don't have it spoiled. But mm. I have seen headlines of articles where it's like the top horror game of 2023 is a Doom mod. Yeah. It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah. When, um, like, Doom was originally created, that was, that was important, was for the system to be uh, created so games could easily, so fans could easily go in there and modify the game and mod it and do what they want to it. It is built for it to work like that. And I think they, you know, a lot of the people that are now creating these wonderful, wonderful games, boomer shooters, you know, that's where they started. Um, that's where they got their practice. And I think another example is uh, I mentioned Iron Fury. I believe Iron Fury is made in the same engine as Duke Nukem 3D. Nice. They're made by the same people, 3D Realms, but it's just to show what you can do. You don't need things to be big and fancy and the latest fucking Unreal Engine 5 and all that shit to create a game that you can feel the heart and soul and hard work that has been put into it. And it is hilarious saying that about an incredibly violent video game. But sometimes you need to look past that surface level of blood and guts and shooting to see you know, the mechanics what's happening underneath that all. If someone wasn't familiar with the boomer shooter genre. Let, let's say it's somebody who would use the word boomer a lot uh, to describe people of our age. So let's just say like a, a, a young Call of Duty gamer, or maybe they, they like CSGO or Valorant or whatever mm. the hell. How would you like introduce them to the modern Doom releases? Like what would you say to them? To, to prepare them for either enjoying it or for them beating it on a higher difficulty. I would say put what you thought about shooters at the door. Don't worry too much about how your like aim and headshots and getting perfect shots and like that sort of thing. Fuck that off. This isn't about that. This is about filling things full of lead because your enemies are not hiding behind things. They're not sniping you. They are coming at your face screaming. It is going to be a lot of bright colors. It is going to be a lot of loud sounds. It is going to be a lot of movement and you need to use your own movement to its max and your abilities as well. It's 
don't take it so seriously. Get in there and get your fucking hands dirty, is what I say. I can't really speak for CSGO players, but COD players in particular have a very... They, they appear to have certain characteristics about them. Like you what can, kind you of? You can cut loose. You can cut loose here, Mac. If you wanna, <laughs> if you wanna instigate, and you wanna, oh, if you yeah, wanna I'll shit instigate. on everyone who's ever played a Call of Duty game in I, their all life, right. let her rip. Okay, all right, I'll let her rip. So you know, you you're playing your COD game, and you're so tired of all the damn queers coming on and being like ruining your manly game by shipping ghost and soap or any other characters or what have you and they're like they're ruining this i need something that's more violent and and angry and you're like ah doom that's shooting things and ripping and tearing and manly and toxic masculinity and rah 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 i'll be really good at it because i was really good at csgo and cod no your shooting will help you, yes, don't get me wrong, but it's about destruction. Pure, unadulterated destruction. And just running in there and beat it head on. Yeah. I would say if you're taking cover in Doom, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. If you are yeah. taking cover, if you are trying... Well, mmm... I would say with Eternal more than 2016, you can probably do a little bit of uh, saving ammunition and that sort of thing. But if you are worrying about, you know, health, ammunition, that sort of thing, you're doing it wrong. Or, or you need to, like, how do I phrase this? Doom gives you the tools to solve those problems. You shouldn't be worrying about them. You should be mm. doing something about it. Yes. You're you're no longer going, oh, jeez, I sure hope I have enough ammo to take on. No, idiot chainsaw something to death, so it drops ammo for you. Yeah, like, uh, gee, I wish... It's all in front of you. Yeah, gee, I wish I had my, my teammates here to, to help me. No! You're alone! Carry yourself! You're alone, You're alone here! It's, it's just you! Carry your fucking self! You'll be fine! Doom Eternal is, uh, is, is there's a little bit more heavier on the mechanics in the sense that uh, a lot of the enemies have particular ways that make it easier to take them down and you may have to use a particular gun or hit them in a particular spot, but that's doesn't mean that's the way you have to do it. You can still just shotgun them to death, you yeah. know? There's no hard rule saying you have to do something. And I'd also say expect the game to get harder and harder and harder and harder. If you come across something that is introduced as a boss, it is not a boss. <laughs> it is about to become a regular enemy. It happens so fucking much. When I was playing Doom 2016, uh, I, I think that happened for almost every enemy, like every mm -hmm. quote unquote like large enemy. I was like, yep. whoa, that was, that boss fight sure was cool. There's three of that guy around the corner now. What? Yeah. And yeah, it, it just literally anything that you fight, just expect that it will no longer have a health bar at the top of your screen, mm -hmm. and you're probably gonna have to fight two of them at once yeah. in the near future. Think of that boss fight as a tutorial where you're lucky enough to get one on its own, learn its moveset, and you're on your fucking own. Yeah, it's 
that's a great way of looking at it. That that is a tutorial. That's the game going easy on you. Yes. Saying here's a safe little playpen to experiment and figure out what works against this thing. I mean, Doom Eternal will just straight up like have a little window pop up and say, "Hey, its weak point is this. You should mm -hmm. use this." Here's a little video demonstration. It's like when dads look up YouTube videos on how to change oil or mm -hmm. how to fix a car this certain way. It's just a nice, quick, to the point snippet, and then you're like, all right, I'm all set to go. And then if you didn't pay attention, you get your ass kicked. Yep, pretty much. And I would say, again, specifically with Doom Eternal, all of Doom Eternal, the base game, is like a tutorial compared to the DLC. Damn. They are hard they do not hold your hand they say hey i heard you like marauders oh god do you want <laughs> some more oh no it's good it's so much fun but that's that, that's what i think when i think of doom eternal you know like <laughs> good luck have fun my first time playing doom eternal i missed some of the tips and the Marauders were one of them, where I I kind of skipped the thing about quick swapping. My first time playing, I think I took like 15, 20 minutes on my first Marauder fight, and it was miserable. I went through and played again, and I killed the first Marauder, I want to say, in under like 20 seconds or something hmm. ridiculous like that. Like, oh my god, if I pay attention to what the game is telling me, because it puts all the tools in front of you, you can just kick the shit out of everything like the doom slayer is supposed to yep <laughs> so you really do have to get in that mindset of like movement is key this is not a not a fps where you hide behind cover and peek certain angles this is one where you have to view lesser enemies as basically walking screaming health and ammo pickups Yes. And you'll have a good time. And yeah, and, and don't be afraid to cycle through your weapons. Um, like Absolutely. You said the, when you said at the beginning you have to have enough weapons to, to take down, what was it? Uh, the sink attack. Tank. Yeah. 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 Um, I get really attached to like certain weapons and FPSs, and I'm a, I'm a mm. crotchety old man, and I'm like, no, let me use this for mm -hmm. the entire playthrough. If you can tear yourself away from your favorite gun and use the right quote-unquote right tool for the job yes you can just shit on like everything in these games and it is so much fun yes with that being said do you think that that approach has kind of a does it limit player freedom uh when it comes to gameplay should i be able to to dumpster everything with the basic shotgun in this game uh, are they being mean to me by giving the i forget what the fuck it's called the, the is it the doom hunter the guys with the tank treads and the the shield oh um, nice why can't i just why can't I just use my original shotgun on those guys i mean i know you technically could but it would be much more painful well see yeah there's the thing is you can it's doing using the tools given to you does make the job easier how dare you <laughs> but if you want to brute force it by all means brute force it that's what i generally do i i would say though for those cod players coming over uh if you're good at sniping things and you know how to take a quick 
sniper shot, you might have an easier time than others uh, yeah. because there are definitely times where that does come in incredibly handy for some of the weak spots on some of the bigger, faster moving enemies. But I understand where people have that frustration, but I think it adds a little extra something and it makes sense to me as well when they point out what the weak spots are, like the, you know, taking off the, the sniper from the bloody brain spider, who's he, what's it? or shooting off the rocket launchers from certain enemies. You know, if they've got a shield using the plasma rifle on to overload it, you know, these are things to me that make sense. Yeah, video game logic. Yeah, video game logic. So I I understand where it could be frustrating that you, you have to do these things, but again, you don't have to. It makes it easier, but you don't have to do jack shit. I love the fact that you're like, oh shit, I'm running out of ammo, or I'm running out of health, like you said. I'm gonna breathe fire on this guy and then <laughs> cut him up with a chainsaw. Ta-da! Shield and ammo, you know? I think personally it's sort of adds to falling into that groove but also forcing you in a sense to use all of the weapons to not be shy or scared to use something that isn't your favorite i think that when i first played through doom eternal on top of my struggles with the marauders for some reason i didn't like the plasma rifle like i don't know if it was the the goofy, cartoony sound it made when mm. I shot it, but I was like, I don't want to use this fucking thing. It's goofy. Every time a shield popped up in front of me from those little bastards that summon them to, like, protect the other demons, I would mm -hmm. just fly into a rage, and I'm like, I can't get past this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And my second time playing through, it wasn't, like I said before, it wasn't relaxing, but I fell into that, that hypnotic martial trance mm. where I was just cycling through weapons and you get a familiarity with them all. I, I think the game is respecting the player when it's mm -hmm. like, all right, you, you should do this. Like, I'm gonna put enemies in front of you that will test you and I'm expecting you to use the right tools for the job in order to have like the most fluid experience possible. Yes. And I want to say if you want to tailor your your loadout to your gameplay style, there's still weapon customization and different weapon modes. Yes, that absolutely. You can fiddle with there. There's still plenty of opportunities. As someone who loves to do this, there's still plenty of ways to ignore parts of your inventory. I didn't use a single frag grenade uh, during my playthrough. Oh, I love using them. I was a convert to the the frost grenade, or ice grenade, or whatever the hell uh, school of thinking mm. this playthrough. And then there's some weapon mods that I never use. I never use the whatever the non-sniper uh, heavy machine gun mod is. Never use it. Uh, I'm always no, sniping. No. Don't use the turret thing for the minigun. Oh yeah, um, yeah, because you want to move around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that, well, that, there's, there's an example there. I love using the frag grenades. Uh, and you're the frost grenades. Does it you can still do what you want and play to how you want? I can't remember. <laughs> I'd have to play through it again and just try them properly. But I, I don't. I didn't, I mean, that was the only time I ever used frag grenades, though. I didn't use them often. I just used them for that particular weak spot, and That's... I never touched them again. 
I eventually just resigned the regular shotgun to be grenade launcher duty. <laughs> so I was like, why would I use the frag grenade when the grenades from the shotgun seem to do the exact same thing, except I can spam it like crazy. But that's a, that's neither here nor there. I, I, that was a genuine uh, mechanics question. Yeah, it has been a while since I have played through Doom Eternal. Um, I did attempt for this podcast to, to go through the DLC. I shouldn't have done that because I'm very, very rusty. I've forgotten all of my keys that I've <laughs> obviously moved things. I died pretty much immediately. And then, you know, a Bethesda game is going to Bethesda game and I rage quit because it froze on me. Oh. Um, so it's been a hot minute since I have played. <laughs> is this perhaps the greatest anti-satanic piece of media that there is? Yeah, from the from first glance looking in, yes. Uh, you're just you you're shooting demons. You're saving Earth from demons, and I think an important thing about Doom Guy specifically is, as far as he is concerned, there is no compromise when it comes to innocent lives. He does not stand for it. And you see that when you first start Doom and you're in the elevator and fucking douchey McDouchebag Samuel Hayden is <gasps> telling you about, yeah, I said it, about how, yeah, we, yeah, we did it for the greater good, progress, and he looks down and there's a dead, you know, just a worker on the dead on the bottom of the elevator. And it's like, he didn't ask for this. He didn't. That's not part of his bloody his his job. And he Doom, you know, Doom guy smashes the the control panel, and then the music comes in, and the title screen title card comes up, and it's beautiful and glorious, and the music's fucking sexy, and I love it. <laughs> but you know, you play through the Doom games, he doesn't. He's threatened a couple of, you know, innocent humans. Well, by threatening, he? he sort of... Kind of. Dude, if um, you're just near Doom guy, people just seem to freeze up and yeah. give him whatever he wants. I feel like he doesn't really need to do anything. No, that's, I guess that's more what I mean. My favourite encounter with a human is when he's... Uh, it's in Eternal, I'm pretty sure. Uh, when he gets the BFG and... He, you can hear through the door those two soldiers, two guards talking about, oh yeah, if I met him, I'd, I'd be able to kick his ass. And you know, they're talking real big and shit. And then yeah. you walk through the doors up to them and they just fall silent and he just looks at them. <laughs> and he looks at them until they give them his weapon or, you know, give him their weapons. And then he continues on into the you know, into the ship or whatever, the cannon or whatever it is, right? Yeah. It's just, he doesn't necessarily actively hurt them, but he like, is like, look, look, I want to save you. I, I respect humanity. I want to save humanity, but you're getting on my fucking nerves. So I get out of my fucking way. I don't want to hurt you. He never says anything. Uh, he <laughs> says, no, at yeah, the end the of the and the DLC. That's about yeah. all you get. <laughs> the, like the <laughs> ultimate ending of everything, and you get two letters out of the guy. 
It's the yeah. same as hearing Crash Bandicoot talk for the first time. He just says pancakes. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Crash Bandicoot spoilers for Crash Bandicoot enthusiasts. Do not listen <laughs> to the previous sentence. Plug your yeah. ears back then. Huh. I'll be I'll be back for the Crash Bandicoot and Spyro um, <laughs> podcast. Oh, that would rule. <laughs> I I did want to say that I just think it's funny that like I I feel like we're kind of back in like a satanic panic type era, but not actually about like religious shit. But it yeah. would be very funny to show this game to somebody and be like, no, see, he's killing the demons. The demons are demonstrably the bad guys. You should yeah. come out of this firmly anti-demon because he yes. kills the shit out of them. But also he kills something that looks like an angel and he finds out that hell is working with like this other angelic realm and the afterlife is just a giant energy siphoning scheme. So that might mess up some people. But yeah, he is... Doom guy, he is not too happy with demon kind. It's perhaps no. the mildest statement I've ever made. <laughs> yeah, he's not a happy chappy. He's uh, not 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 a fan of demons. They uh, they come to I think the original how it goes. See if I get this right. He comes like he's 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 a marine, right? Doing his right. marine thing. And he gets discharged because he refused to fire on unarmed civilians, right? Even even before he was he was doom guy. He's like He's a good guy. No, he's a good guy. He's also do you like do you like a little fun fact? I would love a fun fact. Do you love a little fun fact? Uh you played Wolfenstein? I haven't. You haven't. You know about like the uh, the main character though. Is he uh, related BJ? to him? He's he is his great 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 grandson, oh. apparently. And also, he's related to, to to Commander Keen is in that line as well. It goes uh, B, uh, uh, William Black Black Blachwitz BJ. It goes BJ right from Wolfenstein, and then Commander Keen Doom guy. Apparently. Apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly. Some people have, like, some of the original uh, makers of Doom have confirmed this. Not all. It's not, like, canon-canon, but it's, like, semi-canon. So, you know, there's a little little fun fact. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, he was a Marine. He got discharged. Uh, I think he gets sent somewhere, comes back when, you know demons have come and fuck shit up they kill his family they kill his pet, pet rabbit how fucking dare they it's fucked up it's fucked up how dare they <laughs> doom guy is born he does not become doom slayer until the events of doom doom eternal he's there to fuck shit up for those not familiar you get hyped up so much during these games with like these inscriptions and like prophecies and shit where they're like yeah, the Doomslayer has been stomping around in hell for oh, hundreds of years. Yeah, the, the demons shit themselves every time they see him. He has killed everything in front of him. His sole purpose is to just, like, punish them. And you, you truly feel like a badass playing through these games. And I think it's one of the best, like, marriages of lore and then actual gameplay reflecting it. 
Because mm-hmm. you literally get stronger by fighting the demons. You are, mm-hmm. like, taking away their life essence, and you are ripping through all of them. You mm-hmm. can't be stopped. And, I mean, it's just so fucking good. Yes. I do have a, a weird comparison, though, with the Doom Slayer. Okay, I'm listening. Because normally when I'm playing through the game, I'm in the headspace of, I'm this badass, you know, silent guy that just kills all the demons. Occasionally, though, I feel like a mischievous toddler when I'm playing. Because he scrambles up walls, he's like climbing on things, and it feels like you're a kid climbing on furniture. Because there's these giant structures in hell. You're always like knocking shit over. You don't talk, so very similar to a baby or a toddler. Um, You don't say anything. Uh, You're also an agent of destruction. Babies also love to destroy. And so it's a... It was just a weird thing that popped into my head while I was playing. He plays with action figures. Yeah, yeah, he has action figures. He... Very black and white morality with things. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. If he doesn't like it, he's going to destroy it or kill it. And so... Another he's way on the highway. Yeah, yeah. If he doesn't like it, no. No, I will shoot myself through a cannon. I will blow a hole through Mars. And so that's that was my other interpretation, was you can view yourself as a badass, preordained, evil destroyer, or you are, like, the worst super-powered toddler that's never going to grow up, and you've just been unleashed on hell, and you are their problem forever. Yes, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. And when you're playing through, looking at the uh, warp area, quote-unquote, I suppose, in uh, Eternal, and you can find Doom Guy's room and all of the shit that he has laying around just adds to his character, and I love it. You can tell there's a personality in there, and it is definitely that, like... Is he is he silent and brooding, or is he on a massive temper tantrum? Who knows? Just don't get in his way. <laughs> yeah, do not disagree with what he is about to do. No. He's going to do it, and he's going to walk through you if he needs do, to. Do not tell him what to do, because he isn't listening. He's going to do what he wants to do. Oh, you're saying don't wake up the big bad demon icon, or whatever the fuck it is in the um oh my god i know the scene you're talking about don't do these things (laughs) how about i do it anyway yeah i think that may have been the like the perfect moment for my toddler theory because yeah they're they're around the icon of sin or they're around an altar meant to like control it and the con maker is like do not stab the heart. Like, we're, we can control the icon of sin. And Doom Guy, like, looks at the knife in his hand, looks at the heart, and then he just <laughs> lunges for He, like, pushes someone aside, lunges for it. And he, ah, ah, and he just stabs it. Something yep. fucking blows up. He goes flying backwards. Like, yep. <laughs> it's like, do not blow you? a hole in Mars. That's a whole ass planet. Don't do that. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. if? It's that, it's that scene in Ed and Eddie where they're like, alright, Ed, do not eat that dirt. Alright, yeah, I won't do it. And then just starts sweating and looking at it with huge eyes. Yeah, you I can... like where he's like, don't bring back the Dark Lord. Don't do it. But he's like, yes. <laughs> but 
if I bring back the Dark Lord, if I bring him back to life and then kill him again, all the demons die. And that's the whole point. So I'm going to yeah. bring him back to life and then go just to kill him. How much does plot matter in this game, would you say? All the, all the cool little things we just talked about, Icon of Sin, the Dark Lord, uh, blowing a hole through Mars, how much of that actually matters to your enjoyment of the game? My personal enjoyment? Sure. I think I, I would answer with a question on what's the difference between plot and lore, because I think that is very important for the enjoyment of a lot of games, but Doom in particular. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll hit you with this. Plot is the stuff that is like said or clearly demonstrated through the gameplay, and the lore is everything on the pages that they give you throughout the game. Mm -hmm. And that's, to me, I love a good bit of lore. But Doom, the original Doom, one of the creators of the original Doom, had no story deliberately had no story because and i quote story in a game is like story in a porn movie it is expected to be there but it is not that important <laughs> so you can play through doom doom eternal any of the dooms quite happily except maybe doom 3 but we're not having that conversation and it you know you can play through them paying no attention to your surroundings. You become as single-minded as the Doomslayer himself. I am here to fuck shit up and kill things. Point me in a direction, that is the direction I'm going. Give me a gun and a chainsaw, I'm off. You know, you don't have to pay attention to any of that to be able to enjoy Doom and Doom Eternal. But if you are a law slut, like myself, <laughs> It is there. It is rich. It is deep. There is loads of it. Um, and, and you don't have to look that hard for it. Uh, it's, it's pretty much given to you. But it's not forced down your throat. It's only there if you want to go and look at it. If you yeah. don't give a shit, then don't give a shit. Doom Guy himself does not give a shit about the plot. As you said, there are many times where he is actively not listening to whatever anyone is saying. He just wants to move on to the next step of his goal of killing demons. You can purely, you know, embody Doom Guy and his thoughts, but if you want to pay attention to the lore and the plot, then go ham. Yeah, I, I think it's great when someone is trying to explain something, beg for their life, and Doom Guy just like cuts their head off or smashes a communication thing. He he also like routinely just turns his back on people. Yep. Yeah, he's routinely. like, uh, yeah, I'm done talking to you. I'm done. Bye bye. Okay, bye. I've yep. got what I'm here for. Okay, bye. Oh, you're trying to tell me not to do that. Okay, bye. Nap time at the fortress. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, it makes you play better if you know. Because then you uh, you hype yourself up and you truly believe that you cannot be stopped. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a real true fact. True um, fact. True fact. Performance enhancing lore. So yes. Pick up those pages and read them. Yep. Yeah. Because they are 
genuinely fascinating. The lore of the uh, <laughs> the lore of the Doomiverse is phenomenal. This one, I assume you're gonna say, is not optional or like it isn't something you can ignore. How much of the the Doom experience, specifically Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, is the music and sound design? I would even say for the original Doom, it is incredibly important. Ooh. I haven't. Again, full disclosure, haven't played the originals. I'm excited to play the originals, though. I think it's it goes back to that discussion we were having about falling into that trance-like state and having the right sound cues and noises and the music to get you into that zone. I think with any game, really, the sound design of a game can make or break it very easily. It's, you know... I would say that it's more important than graphics. It's it's up there with, you know, the core gameplay loop is to how how the sounds and the backing track make you feel. What emotions does it bring up? And for I would say Doom over Doom Eternal, I think Doom has the better soundtrack. But it gets you fired up. It's got that BPM thing going on that's like fucking, you know, hyping you up and uh, you just want to go, 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 go. It's incredibly important to getting in that zone, that headspace, that uh, martial trance, flow state, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I think it is like fucking up there with importance. I think I might one day stream Doom Eternal or, or Doom 2016 with the music slider all the way down and see how long it takes for someone to be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> I think it'd be quicker that you're going to say, what's the fuck's wrong with me? Because it's just going to feel wrong, wrong. Yeah. and empty. And you won't... The music sort of provides a... a a guidance in a sense you're like yes. i don't know it'll it, it it just it'll feel empty yeah because it like it, it gets really loud when you are in like the thick of it and there are a ton of fucking enemies everywhere and then like it'll taper off to let you know like all right we're done throwing shit at you there might be like one or two zombies shambling around in case you need health and ammo but you can move on now um mm. and if you don't have that key, that uh that cue it might might uh, interrupt your flow of gameplay. Yeah. Uh, what about the enemies themselves? Because there's one, there's one enemy in particular that I dread, and I'm so glad that it has a clear cue that it's about to attack me. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Is it the fucking Marauder? It's not the Marauder. Although that's that's a good one where it like conditions you to both have the audio and the visual cue that he's about to swing at you. The, the pinky demons. Oh, pinkies. I yeah. fucking hate those things. So, it, to be fair, it's a, it's a good and a bad thing, because when I hear them roar, I have, like, that panic of, like, oh, God! But then I'm like, oh, I know to get out of the way. Like, I know to be on the lookout. And without that, like, cue, I'd probably get hurt a lot more playing these, but... I didn't know if you had any specific sound design choices regarding the things um, that you uh, you find worth mentioning. I hate the Marauder. 
I, <laughs> I can tell. I don't know if I've brought up the Marauder before. <laughs> I hate the Marauder. Uh, I do appreciate that little shing, you know, when it's going to attack the eyes flash green, you know, to, to shoot it. Do I hate... <laughs> This question isn't who you hate, uh, it, although if it's tied to it, by all means. Yeah, I. there are a lot of enemies that very much frustrate me to no end. I would probably go instead of the, the pinkies, I don't like the specters, which are just invisible pinkies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Do they have any special sound cues to them, or is it just uh, the pinky roar and then a blur of <laughs> a blur of kind of a visual stimuli? They're weird. They're weird. Why are they invisible? Is that a, oh, who knows? I mean, uh, there is probably lore to it, but they drink invisible juice in the bowels of hell, and now they are invisible. <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> Another sound that throws me into a panic is when the so you said the the cacao demon? Yeah. That's yeah. The, the ones with one eye that aren't the ones with the skulls. When they're, like, chomping right behind me, I feel yeah. like there's, like, something actually behind me in real life trying to bite me. And I'm like, get the fuck away from me. And I start dashing immediately. So those are my two, like, panic-inducing sounds. On the, on the bad side of the spectrum, I'll also say that when you... Um, explode a mancubus demon and it sounds like you're just throwing steak on the floor i think that sounds awesome yeah i think when it comes to kills mancubuses are probably my favorite when it comes to glory kills i don't know why they're just very satisfying chunky chunky yeah <laughs> they're very chunky it's chunk chunky boys the, the way that you like you you can blow them up and then it's just like you see the the spine and then their yeah. head and the jaw kind of hangs there a little bit and bobs up and down i feel like that's part of that like self-aware like goofy undertone to yeah. this game like oh right. it's so fucking serious but then like the, fu the, the glory kills are full of funny shit. They are, and it also, you know, there are different glory kills depending on how you, you know, where you're coming from to perform the glory kill. Yeah. Um, whether you're behind it, in front of it, jumping down, what have you, which is just adds another element. I think when I first started playing Doom Eternal, I don't remember it happening in 2016. This has been a few years since that one. But when I first started playing it and I was shooting the enemies, physically, like, seeing the chunks of, of gore get blown off their bodies, like, you can see the damage. Yeah. Was just like, God damn. <laughs> damn. Am I fucked up for thinking that's sexy? Because that's sexy. Am I supposed to answer that question? I feel like yeah. I'm not qualified to respond to that, but I, <laughs> I think it's cool. I, it's cool. Yeah, it's more I, sexy about the game graphics and what it's doing and its abilities. Definitely nothing mentally fucked nothing, up going on there. Nothing further than that. No. I assure no, you. No, no. Yeah. That, that is such a fun thing, though. Like, you... It's not just these horrific demons and they take an arbitrary amount of damage and then they just poof away 
Like, you see their muscle and flesh getting blown off of them as you shoot rockets or a minigun at them. And it's it's very satisfying. Where you're like, that giant, like, 20-foot-tall demon with the cybernetic blaster cannon thing. Like, I've clearly taken a toll on it. Like, I can see mm-hmm. its exposed ribcage now. It's got to almost be dead. And I think that's just an awesome way to handle, like, showing how you fucked up an enemy instead of, like, having a health bar. And I know this game has, like, a few health bars, but I find it much more satisfying to just look at an enemy and tell, like, oh, he's fucked up. Like, mm. that guy is almost dead. It's it's adding that health bar without visually adding another element to the UI. Um, it's that visual cue of okay, right? I can you can see the damage that is being taken. It's fucking great. Have we mentioned we love Doom Eternal? Yeah, Doom Eternal kicks ass. And to immediately undercut that statement, I did have a question for you because I I had a weird moment about two thirds of the way through the game where I was looking at the UI and I was like, is there too much on the screen? Because the game gives you a bunch of fun tools to use. And it gives you the information about every single one of those tools all at once. You know, how many grenades you have, how many charges of your chainsaw you have, you have your health and your shields, all that stuff. And But, like, it's all represented on the screen. Mm. But I didn't find it intrusive. No, neither. That's, that's what I was going to say, is that yeah. there's a lot there, but it's very easy to read. It's not intrusive. It's it's still quite aesthetically pleasing to look at. It doesn't feel cluttered or crowded or anything like that. It's needed and and and, and easy easy to understand. I think it's it's very similar to first playing uh, through Doom Eternal, and you're given not only a map but a 3D map, which returns in, in Doom Eternal, and you're like, what? that's a bit excessive, isn't it? And then you go, no. No, that is needed. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't use the 3D map at all. I'll, I'll say it. I'll be brave. I, I did, <laughs> but I'm a secret hunter. Oh. So it was very important for me to sort of get a lay of where I have been, where I haven't been, where could the secrets be, because with any, going back to the what is a boomer shooter, gotta have those secrets. <laughs> where the fuck are the secrets? Give me the and, secrets. And, uh, yeah, it has them, and I... I love it. Oh, something I do love about Doom Eternal, when it goes sort of goes to that, you can play the game how you want, customization sort of things, is uh, all of the skins for not only the guns, not only the Doom Slayer, but also the enemies. So watching those very impactful scenes of, you know, Doom Guy doing something dramatic and then walking away and not paying attention to the plotline at all while he's wearing a bright rainbow unicorn armor skin is the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> that rules. And I believe the skin is called the Doomicorn. So I mean no one amazing. is gonna no one is gonna say anything about his wardrobe. No live to tell the tale. I think no, my- I think your brain would shut down before it let your mouth speak the words. It'd be like, yeah, unplug this guy. He's going to get us killed. Do not say anything to the Doomslayer. Yeah, you just, you've got this big speech planned of how you're going to, like, you know, big evil guy monologue as they do. And then you just see 
a guy walk in wearing cardboard box armor <laughs> and any thought you had is just out the window as you watch him walk in take what he needs and leaves because you don't you don't know what's wrong with him there's something seriously wrong with him and you don't want to be within five miles of it i mean if you're seeing the doom slayer you know that there's already something terribly wrong happening yes yeah, yes the sky might be on fire just a little bit that actually ties into the the next thing I wanted to say. Samuel Hayden and some other people talk about like Earth surviving the demonic incursion or invasion or whatever. Do you think that like humanity can actually bounce back from what has happened to the Earth over the events of Doom and Doom Eternal? Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Perhaps after the events of the DLC, when uh, all the demons are finally, uh, spoiler alert, killed, they all drop dead. So maybe there is a lot of destruction that has been done, though, to the planet itself. I don't really have an issue with the human race surviving because there is, you know, only killed off like 60% of the population. There's still 40% left, maybe. I worry more for the resources if there are any i don't think anything could be able to grow naturally you'd have to do it all under lights hydroponics yeah. but i think there's a, there's a bigger problem uh, that we're not addressing Ooh. he shot a cannon through fucking mars that, that's not a problem what what is bad about that there are pieces of space like rock debris planet debris now just hurtling through space that could hit us wouldn't it form an asteroid belt some of it would have to not all of it a lot of it yes but not all of it space people listening to this i know you're (laughs) out there nasa tell us if we blew a hole through (laughs) mr nasa yeah send somebody i'm not kidding Somebody Bill Nye the science guy. Bill Can you Nye, please answer our question? We shot a hole through Mars and there was debris. Would would it form an asteroid field and we'd be safe? Or would Doomguy have condemned us to death via meteorite eventually? What would it do to the planets in general? The What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Um, Solar system? No. It goes, goes, goes round... Orbit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> would, it, would it do anything to the orbit? Can it fit in a bread box? Uh, <laughs> person, person, place, thing, idea? Mineral? Uh, <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be a kick-ass No Player Connected episode, 20 questions. Oh, God. Okay, I actually have a question about the BFG. Fuck my old question. That question sucks. Uh, Humanity's doomed. That's my call. We can't grow plants. Uh, I don't think life can ever go back to how it used to be. I think that's... uh, It's fucked. Human human life as Um, we know it is. No, I would be curious to learn more about the humans that left the planet. What is their space flight and space technology because we know that obviously they've gotten bases on mars they can and the moon they can do things yeah. um i 
if if humanity's uh, space travel is up to snuff, I think they'll be fine. That's a good point. They'll never be the same, but I think they will be fine. But the Earth itself fucked. Yeah. Don't go back there. Here's a here's a good question though, and you reminded <laughs> me of it. What the fuck were they shooting at with the BFG cannon if it was putting a hole through Mars? Like like before that shot. Like what were they shooting at? It was. <laughs> give me a second. Let's see. It was. It was a pair. Oh no, that was BFG. It was a defense grid. It was really just meant to be used as a like a defense thing against against the demons. But what target would warrant that huge of a gun? Ah, uh, don't know. Because because like the one time you see it actually like hit something, like you've mm. done unimaginable destruction to Mars, and I can't think of anything that you see in game that you shoot with it other than Mars. And I'm just like, why do you have this, Samuel Hayden? Like, were you just gonna blow up the Earth eventually when you're like, oh, we, lo we lost, blow it up, destroy it. Um, I didn't know if you knew. Uh, well, I I definitely remember there being plot and lore about it, around it, why it's there. I think you do see, do you see other ones? I can't remember, but for me, it, I had I was far too ingrained in Doomguy threatening those two guards out the front before you go in there. Uh, <laughs> I was having far too much fun watching that play out than actually pay attention to what was going on. I do think there was probably some overloading happening by Vega. There was probably some other shit happening there, but I believe. The gun that you have, the 9,000, as opposed to the 10,000, because the 10,000 is the big one. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's just a defense cannon against demons. And I kind of get it if you do remember looking at, say, the icon of sin and how big it is, or when you're in hell and you can see uh, some of the demons fucking walking around, those big, 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 big boys. You, I can, I can see needing a BFG to, you know, a big fucking gun. Maybe to... off, off to the side, off screen. It's just a bunch of like icons of sin, st yep. style demons with jetpacks trying to fly through space. <laughs> and, I can imagine. And Hayden's it. just shooting them down like it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I googled it. I'll, I'll be completely transparent. I googled it, and some people are like, it's firing at nothing. They're just shooting it. We can we can pretend that yeah. they're fucking firing at giant icons of sin that have like strapped a bunch of cow demons to their back <laughs> and are attempting <laughs> to cross from master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 exactly uh, what it what it is. Yep. I have I have one more question for you about Doom Eternal. Um, and I'm sure this will, your answer will make my skin crawl. How do you feel about the platforming or mild puzzle solving in this I game? I love it! Oh, you're, that's it. We're ending the episode. No, no. <laughs> I love it. I think it's, I think it's important. 
it's it, it goes back to that importance of uh, of boomer shooters and movement. Movement is important and key in those games. How fluid they are, like the the jumping from uh, like platform to platform, and using the the shifting or dodging or whatever the fuck it is. The dash. The dash. That's the one. That's important to the gameplay and to the movement of how you are moving around like navigating these levels to kill these demons yes it's, <laughs> it's important to the to the map creation the map like the level building to give it that depth and it makes sense in a lot of places because he's scaling the outsides of things or scaling up massive machines or the floating land masses in hell like how else is he going to fucking navigate that shit I think it is, I love it. I think it's done very well. Don't get me wrong. Platforming in games can be done wrong. They can 100% be done wrong. And, but I think Doom and Doom Eternal are very, very good examples of it being done right. I think it's phenomenal. I most begrudgingly agree with you. Um, every time I fucked up a quote-unquote puzzle, I even feel bad calling them puzzles because it's more like an obstacle course. Anytime I got stumped, it was because I was overthinking it and I just needed to relax and then look for the nearest green thing. Mm -hmm. um, they have great um, like direction, I don't know if you'd say art direction, level design, with just little visual cues. If something's mm -hmm. glowing green, go over there. If there's some white scratches on the wall, you can jump on that. And you yes. are naturally going to have your eye guided to it. And it's when you overthink things that you'll probably get stumped and overlook it. So just naturally get into the flow of uh, zipping through levels and looking for the green. And you'll probably be fine. And it's not overbearing in its obviousness of where you can jump and where you can go. Yes. It's very much done naturally into like it's obvious but it's natural into the uh the landscape and the uh and the graphics and the level design unlike some games that are like hey 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 guy hey look there's this green yellow orange paint on this ledge yeah vega hops on doom slayer did you know that if you press the a button while in midair you can dash you can do this <laughs> twice to reach that ledge over there. Like, yeah, no, no one, no one talks you through everything. You just... No one talks you through nothing. There's no brightly colored paint that's fucking obvious and stands out like a sore thumb. It's wonderful. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's part of that respect for the player thing that I mentioned mm. earlier. Like, I feel like the game is not holding my hand. The game is just saying... All right, you should know how to do this. Go do it and have fun. I'll pick mm -hmm. you up at five. Yeah, pretty much. I'll be back. <laughs> Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Nope. Right, keys are on the and table. And then he proceeds to go on a temper tantrum <laughs> and destroy pretty much everything. I love him. I love Doom Guy, Doom Slayer dearly. I, all the other characters can uh, go get fucked. I think Vega made me giggle <gasps> occasionally. Okay, I was gonna say, I, hate I like Samuel. But I like Samuel. He's a bad guy. Oh, wait, now, do you. Because obviously, like, morally wise, bad guy, not cool. Oh, but, morally, but, yeah. But character wise, do you not like him as a character? Or. 
Uh, as a character, he's very much stuck up his own ass. I think, I think Vega is a, a better character than, than Samuel. I think he's a funnier and sassier at times, but Samuel is just so far up his own ass. And it makes sense once you realize what he is as to why he's so far up his own ass. I mean, he's just an ultra-rich guy that was trying to... No. Oh, wait, what? Would you like some spoilers? I Wait, is this like in the DLC or something? Yes. I, oh, okay, do tell. Do tell. Yeah, spoiler so, alert for people who spoilers. haven't played the DLC. I think we spoiled DLC stuff earlier, but yeah, drop some oh, Samuel Hayden lore on me. So, do you remember playing through... Uh, so, in Doom, in Doom Eternal, right, you find out you're having these flashbacks as to... Uh, Doom guys, I guess. I don't want to say origin story, but his origin story as to how his how recent he, origin story. Yeah, yeah. How he became the Slayer as opposed to Doom guy. Doom yeah. guy, yes. Uh, so as you're watching through these cutscenes, there's one where the Seraphim, who is one of the makers, and the makers are the quote unquote angelic beings they're not they're just fucking Weird aliens. aliens with a god with a god complex that are made a deal with hell to siphon off all the ardent energy so they can live forever um pushes doom guy into a machine and turns him into doom slayer gives him some cool powers there's a lot more to it to lot to explain that guy is actually samuel hayden wait the seraphim dude yes Oh. Yes. So, wait, but why? And also how? <laughs> and what? <laughs> yeah, he he basically, like, constructed this alias and body and that sort of stuff. And he's kind of, I guess, the guardian of, of Doom Slayer in a sense, because he made Doom, Doom Guy into uh, Doom Slayer. He... And that's also why he knows so much. He does. We never a lot. curious as to why he knows. Yeah, I was so during my much. last playthrough. I was like, so this shit was hidden to the Slayer, but you're a guy from Earth who, like, obviously very smart, but you shouldn't know. Like, this is the hidden city of whatever buried in Mars, and this is what happened here. Like, how much archaeology did you really do, Mister Hayden? So this, this mm -hmm. makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. He was, I think, in order, when he, I think he was being influenced by the Dark Lord, though, when he pushed Doomguy into the, the thing to turn him into Doomslayer. Yeah, it's just, that's, that's him. I'm not entirely sure why, and I'm sure there's information as to why the fuck he did it. Who knows, honestly, why the makers do anything a maker's gonna do what a maker's gonna do it's so, and we, we think he's gonna be bullshit it's so fucking goofy <laughs> when you look at the actual plot of this game it is actually we use hell to generate energy really you couldn't have just used like nuclear reactors or something you had to use or like a dyson sphere you had to use hell and <laughs> the souls of the damned. All right, well. He's very much doing, uh, acting on what the father wants him to do. And the father is like the mm, quote unquote god of the makers or the creator of the makers. Yeah. Um, there's even more that fucking goes into that. But uh, yeah, he's just, maker's going to do what maker's going to do. And what they're going to do is 
probably in destroy an entire civilization just so they can get a little bit more demon juice. Oopsie. Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? Um, <laughs> it's very weird to hear you say that. I'm so used to <laughs> saying it obnoxiously during my streams. I'm not used to seeing a dignified person say that. Dignified? Yeah, I, I consider Fuck you off. dignified and knowledgeable. Fuck uh, off. You've, you've shattered that image with a little, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I will say I just like Samuel Hayden as a foil to the Doomslayer. He's a smartass, smarmy, like, snob who hmm. is constantly, like, talking about the morality of certain actions. And he's, it's just in stark contrast to Doom Guy being like, that's bad, I'm going to blow it up now. <laughs> and then Samuel Hayden's in the background. Think of the implications and the ramifications of what you're doing. That's limitless energy you're cramming into your mouth. Or whatever it is Doom Guy is doing at any given moment. So I, I think he's fun. Obviously he's a he's a he's a bad, bad man. But hey, I, a bad I, man. I like to have him around. He's fun. Mm. But I, I tend to enjoy my obnoxious evil characters more so than the average person fair all right mac do you have anything you'd like to plug or any other uh things to to say share before we wrap this up yeah the entire uh, timeline of doom go no <laughs> play go play doom it's great all of them are great thank you so very much for having me on a third time i'm starting to think there's something wrong with you having me on this many times but thank you uh for <laughs> continuously having me back thank you for coming back I, I i am trash mac on social medias please please watch my stream i played Dwarf fortress it's a very different game <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's me hi trash mac thanks for listening to doom uh 101 please tune in for the next lessons there will be a quiz doom 103 doom economics yep <laughs> doom architecture Oh, oh, okay. Doom we're, hierarchy. Stop saying interesting things because <laughs> we're trying to end the episode, but oh my god, the architecture. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, anything else? It, or can I get you to say the line? Can I say the line, you please? Can absolutely, you can always say the line. Thank you so very much. NPC, you later. <laughs> <laughs>